disgusting fucking garbage bin. And he pulls out a sneaker and he pulls out a feather. He shoves the sneaker into the fucking toilet. So he's got his hand in the toilet and he like fucking pounds it in there. So what's the feather for, I ask? And like the movie read my mind, Sam Neill looks at the feather. He's like, oh yeah, this fucking feather. He gets this feather, which was just in this disgusting fucking bin and a disgusting fucking toilet. And he puts it in his mouth and he just starts like tickling the inside of his mouth with this feather. And at which point I was like, Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Can you feel it, Luke? It's getting closer and closer to Halloween. Oh, I can feel it. Before we get into all that, you were like, think like maybe we should like introduce what this podcast is about. Let's say someone just like tunes in and just for random and be like, what is Review to Death about? And, and we're already like go- going off on other topics. No, nah, people don't need to know that. It's just, <laughs> it's just two idiots talking about shit. <laughs> like... Hey, like, we're a couple of dudes who've been friends for about 30 years who love horror, and we watch horror movies, and we talk about them and other horror-related things. So, uh, welcome to Review to Death, first-time listener, potential first-time listener. Thank you for those who have come back. And thank you to all those people that we, like, made friends with in, like, this podcast community. That's one thing that I never thought would have happened, is that we would meet other podcasters and, like, do things with them. Right, like, we know people in... North Carolina, and we know people in Australia now, and it's kind of fucking wild, man. It's crazy. I've been having a blast. I know you are too. So um, we'll keep doing it. No, it's great. Uh, all the people we met are, are fantastic. Just a lot of fun. A lot of, lot of, lot of good dudes. I recently, because you know, in the Halloween spirit, we want to rock. We want to watch the spooky stuff, and I, I finally got around to watching uh, Hell House. LLC. This is one of those things I never got to. I've never seen any of those movies. I've been meaning to because they're all pretty uh, well regarded. So imagine my surprise when I thought that there was one and then I thought I saw an article that's like, oh yeah, they're working on a sequel. Imagine my surprise to find that there were already three of them that were done and ready to watch. Yeah, you know, the only reason I know that is uh, because, uh, well, Kevin over at uh, Midnight Terror, speaking of uh, a good dude that we met doing this podcast... Uh, he interviewed the writer and director of all those movies. And so he's got an episode on his podcast somewhere where he, uh, I forget his name. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's, um, yeah, uh, he, I, I can see his name in my head. I just can't say it. So I'm not going to say it right now, but go check out Midnight Terrace podcast for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's got a, a, a interview with that, with that guy, uh, which is, you know, fucking awesome. Because, you know, that, that's a hell of a hell of an interview, I'm sure. I, I haven't listened to it. I'm sorry, Gavin. I will. Uh, but uh, it, I remember just him talking that there's, you know, another one on the way. And there was three already made. Yeah, the prequel is um, actually coming out uh, next week, I think, on Shudder, um, October nice. 30th. And um, quick, quick, dirty uh, feelings about him is that the first one is really good. I enjoyed the first one a lot. Found footage horror movies have never been, like, my favorite I don't know about you. It depends widely. Uh, yeah. They vary. They vary in quality. You know, some are really, really good, and some are uh, pure garbage. Because you know, it, they're really easy to make. It, it's one of those things where it's we're living in a world. We talked about this before. Where 
you know, if you have a, a cell phone and with a decent camera and, and some editing equipment, you can make a movie. And some people shouldn't make movies. And that, those are really, really easy to make. So I really did like the first one. It's got some good moments in there. Uh, some creative, some creative scares. And, and I appreciate not all jump scares, you know, like, you know, right. creepy scares. And then right. I did watch the second and third one because these are, you know, a great length. They're not, um, they're not, uh, they're not too long. And uh, the second and third one, while they have their moments that are are pretty cool, it's like you're watching something, you're like, oh, that's a good scare. I like that. Um, there's just not, there's not a whole lot, you know, they're just sort of entertaining. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, but I did, I did appreciate the fact that they kept the story going through all of them and tied them together. But I do recommend them. They're fun to watch. But the first one is is the best one uh, of the three so far. I like me some continuity in my series. I'll, I'll have to check that out, man. I've, I've been meaning to for a long time anyway. Oh, yeah. No, these these three are the picture of continuity. So, yeah, the, the guy, I looked it up. So, <laughs> uh, the guy's name is uh, Stephen Cognetti. Uh, he wrote it too, directed and written it. He must have had a plan for this trilogy from the start and, um, and carried it over three movies quite well and tied them back together and was able to secure his actor's um, from the first to the third one to make everything make sense. And um, the trilogy came to a successful conclusion. And I can see why there's a prequel coming out. Well, that's awesome. That was very cool. Very, very cool him to be able to do that and that he was successful and that he, he's still, you know, making these things. And again, I will get to him. Maybe I'll even get to him this October because uh, I got some time coming up that's, uh, you know, some, some free time, I should say, that's coming up that I should be able to, catch up on some horror movies. So I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of horror movies, we've been carrying this theme all month of what people think should be uh, horror movies that are non-horror, you know, all those family friendly things or stuff you grew up on. Yeah. How can we corrupt that? (laughs) Right. Exactly. We're still taking submissions. We'll keep it going past October. If you want to send them to us, um, you know, send us a, send us a voicemail through our weird podcast thing, or send us a, an audio file into our email reviewed to death at gmail.com or just on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what childhood thing that you liked? Would you, would could you envision being a, a horror movie? Let us know. And God damn it. I've been asking him for like a year, but please someone call. <laughs> There's a little link at the bottom of our podcast description. It's always there. I don't even know how it works. So somebody yeah. show us how it works, please. Okay, so what you're what I'm hearing is people can might call and you won't be able to figure out how to play it. <laughs> I, no, I'm sure I will. I think it probably just goes to our hosting site, but okay. click that link and send us something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll again, barring your complete lunatic, we'll play it on the podcast. Yeah. So that'd be- I'm not going to like get your information. You're not going to have to send your IP address or anything like that. Right. Just uh, just send us something. Yeah, we're not like sketchy. I mean, we're kind of sketchy. <laughs> Says the sketchiest people in the room. That's what a sketchy person would say, but <laughs> that's okay. So anyway, we've heard from our Jacob Honeybrook. We've heard from my brother, Nick. We've heard from the Midnight Terror podcast, and we've heard from the Creepy Crowley and now uh, some of our other longest running guests have uh, sent us a clip. So here's uh, a little clip from Blair and Megan. The first thing that came to mind when I thought of an all ages or kids show or movie that's perfect for horror was the show Fraggle Rock. Just the idea of these little tiny creatures being terrorized by this gigantic dog and gigantic man 
I think that would be really great. The first thing I thought of when asked to think about family-friendly shows from the 80s and 90s that would be good for a horror remake um, are these two shows. Small Wonder, because, you know, Natch, robot child, comes to, to murder the family that enslaved her. And the other one was Perfect Strangers, grown-ass adult men, cousins from, you know, across the globe wreak havoc on an unsuspecting Chicago in anticipation of the first night game with the Chicago Cubs. What could be better than that? Oh, goddamn. That's good. Those are Thanks. all really... Thank yeah. you. So so let's start with Blair. Blair said Fraggle Rock, which I did watch when I was a kid and is pretty pretty creepy already. I got the theme song in my head right now, man. Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I do it. I mean, okay, so a movie sort of like this exists, but not They're, in They were puppets, right? Yeah, they were puppets. Yeah. Um there is a puppet horror movie. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't know if I do. It's it's. I'll give you a hint. Peter Jackson directed it back in the day in New Zealand. Oh yeah. Uh, is it Meet the Feebles or something you like that? You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah. It's Meet the yeah. Feebles. For those of you not aware, this is a pretty deep horror cut. But uh, man, look up um, look up Meet the Feebles. Uh, look up a trailer for Meet the Feebles. Uh, it is a, a horror movie directed by Peter Jackson. Yes, that Peter Jackson, uh, back when he was a young man living in New Zealand. And uh, it is absolute insanity. It is one of those movies that, uh, by the way, um, and we talked about how, you know, when we were in college and then when we first started at college, because, you know, we're old. The only way to, to be able to see certain movies is to, to buy them on eBay, the new website eBay at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you buy them on a bootleg uh, VHS and you watch them that way on your VHS player. That's how I watched Meet the Feebles. I uh, I bought that thing and I watched it with my, my dorm mates and we were just like, what the fuck is this? It is insane. It's a crazy, crazy movie. But yeah, uh, a, a Fraggle Rock horror movie uh, would be fucking awesome. It'd be pretty terrifying, I think. You get shit, man. I'd, I'd watch that. We need more Meet the Feebles type stuff, man. You guys, yeah, check it out. And so then Megan said Small Wonder and Perfect Strangers. Now, both of these uh, shows were out in the mid to late 80s. And so I, did you catch these in syndication and reruns when you got here to the States? Right, because I, I wasn't yeah, I wasn't born here. I, I was, again, born in Poland, uh, lived there until I was uh, seven years old. So we, we left in 1988, back when Poland was still under communist rule. I'm only mentioning it again right now because it, it's, it, it, it's going to become relevant to the movie that we're going to talk about there today. <laughs> it certainly is. But um, so, yes, I I was a big fan of Perfect Strangers. I wasn't really aware of um, what's the other one? Small Wonder. Small Wonder uh, until much, much later. I was pretty much an adult by then. And I know what Small Wonder is. And I feel like we have that movie now and it's called Megan. Megan. Yeah. Yeah. But and I, it was I'm great. Almost to you, the people that made Megan have seen Small Wonder. They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, you know, we need we need a small wonder, but scary. But yeah, Perfect Strangers was was great. I love Perfect Strangers because it, it kind of like spoke to me too because uh, what was it? Cousin Balky, right? That yeah. was his name. Get get out of the city. Get out of the city. You know, he had all those uh, you know, idiosyncratic like sayings like, you know, that the booth is broken in English. Right. Uh, and I was like, hey, Balky's like me. I don't fucking speak English good. 
<laughs> I can see that happening. You know what? I think, um, man, I, I saw this years ago. I, I'm sure it's still out there, but I don't know the name of the channel or anything like that. This is one of the old YouTube videos, but there was somebody that used to recut trailers, mm-hmm. you know, with different music and stuff. I oh, think somebody yeah, yeah. out there recut Perfect Strangers as a horror movie. Oh, dude. I think you're right. I, I think I've seen it. If I can find it, if I can find it, I'll post it on Instagram, but I think it exists. I, I'm almost positive it does. I think I remember this. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. But I can see both of those things. Hey, because uh, I looked these up when we were talking. In your head right now, how many seasons do you think Perfect Strangers ran for? Oh, I'd say not a whole lot. Like maybe like three or four. Eight seasons. No shit. Really? Eight seasons. I Man, I had no idea. That's a long time. It ran for that long, like full seasons, like 20 yeah. whatever episodes. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I definitely have not seen all the perfect strangers. I, I watched a, a, a bit of it, but that was, you know, that was back in the day before TiVo and all that. So I'll, I'll also ask you the same question about small wonder in your head. How long do you think that ran for? Cause in my head it ran for like a season or maybe a season and a half and got replaced mid season. Well, again, I, I, I found out about this thing late. I, I have very little context. Uh, and just because it's it was such a blip on my personal radar, I, I'm going to agree with you and say one to two seasons. It's four. Four seasons. Damn, man. Well, right on. That, that show ran for as long as, as many seasons as Stranger Things currently with more episodes. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's just crazy to me. I know, I know seasons are different now with the... Right. streaming and shit but still there's a lot more episodes of that than i thought that's wild man i don't think it's very good i've seen my share of small <laughs> wonder episodes but i don't remember ever like really being like ah, i gotta watch small wonder yeah i've never seen an episode i just I, I remember seeing like a like a screenshot of it with like the you know like the boy's face off you know and so it's got all the electronic stuff underneath well, it's a girl. It's like a girl. Oh, it's a girl. It's, it, there you it go. Is a That's girl. how much I've seen of this. Oh, <laughs> and she was always wearing like this maid outfit. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, and I got to say, all right, uh, and her, the actor's name is uh, Tiffany Brissett. Okay. Carry that show. Because if you've, been, you've seen even a second of it, she was actually fantastic as a robot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice, man. I, I'll, uh, I'll put you, well, I'm not going to. <laughs> gonna say, I'll go check it out. I'm not gonna go check I'm not that gonna watch out. Wonder, sorry. No, no. <laughs> but hey, man, if they ever made like a small wonder horror movie and they just want to be like Megan now, that's fine. I'd watch that. Yeah, remake it. Sure. Have you thought about how your body feels when it's properly hydrated? I have, Luke. Hydration isn't only for athletes getting ready for the big game. Exactly. I find myself needing that extra sip to get through my workouts. I know how you feel. I've noticed that I'm always reaching for that extra bottle at the end of a long show. Luckily, staying hydrated has never been easier or more exciting with Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. Their hydration multiplier is a great tasting non-GMO electrolyte drink mix powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning before a workout, when you feel run down in the afternoon, after a night out with friends or on long flights. With just one stick, you can hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. Plus, 
You get essential vitamins and three times the electrolytes as leading sports drinks. Liquid IV comes in a variety of flavors to keep your routine exciting. I like the Concord grape. It's got the perfect amount of sweetness that pops with that grape flavor. If you like things a little more tart, then try the lemon lime. From watermelon to piña colada and passion fruit to guava, you are guaranteed to find something you like in Liquid IV's 12 delicious flavors. Liquid IV is also gluten, dairy, and soy free. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code REVIEWTODEATH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code REVIEWTODEATH at liquidiv.com. So Luke, what's Possession about? So I want to read Shudder's synopsis of Possession because it's it's significantly longer than the one that's on IMDb, which what you know what we usually read from, because we're gonna need all the context we can get for this movie. So uh, this uh, 1981, even though it says it's 1983 on Shutter, but this was actually it was made in 1981. Banned here upon, we were born. Yeah, <laughs> here we were born. This movie's as old as us. Banned upon its original release in 1981, uh, Andre. Zhuavsky's stunning nightmare of a marriage unraveling is an experience unlike any other. Professional spy, Mark, returns to his West Berlin home to find his wife, Anna, insistent on a divorce. As Anna's frenzied behavior becomes even more alarming, Mark discovers a truth far more sinister than his wildest suspicions. With its pulsating score, visceral imagery, and some of the most haunting performances ever captured on screen, Possession, the cinematic delirium at its most intoxicating. It's pretty cool, right? It's like that's some good right. shit. <laughs> right. So here, hold on. Okay. So the way we picked the movies for October this year is that Luke and I both came up with like a list of four or five movies that we'd like to watch for the podcast at some point. And then we had our guests last week pick the one we did, The Power. We let them pick that one. And then I picked two off of his list and Luke picked two off of my list. And I had possession on my list that Luke picked. And uh, I'm, I'm just letting you know that I put it on the list uh, before I say that I really dislike this movie. <laughs> uh, no worries. I had it on my list too, man. It was, it was right there. So when I saw it on yours, I'm like, well, yeah, we're definitely doing that since we both agree to watch this movie. Uh, and, you know, a big reason is that uh, this is one of those movies that, um, you know, again, we watched a lot of horror when we were younger, but it's, it slipped by us, but it's considered to be one of the best horror movies, if not from the eighties, uh, you know, of all time, honestly, like it's, it's very, very highly regarded. Uh, so I thought, man, yeah, easy fix. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's fucking finally watch possession and, 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 and fix that. I want to get my two biggest problems out of the way first so that um, my the rest of what I'm going to say about it is, you know, is going to fit into those things. Number one, I think it's arguable whether this movie is actually a horror movie. There are some frightening things and it is violent, but I got my reasons why I don't I can you can say that this maybe is not even a horror movie. Fair, fair. And number two, the whole movie feels like something that 
somebody would make to like impress film snobs or like art film aficionados or film students that are studying the classics. And so the whole thing at points felt very pretentious. I had pretensions on the tip of my tongue, man. You, <laughs> And it really started to irritate me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, this is um, one of the most artsiest art house movies I've ever seen. Uh, this was written and directed by Andre Zulavsky, who's a pretty famous dude. He was, I think he was born in, in um, uh, Ukraine, actually. And then he ended up at some point living in, in Poland for a while. So he became a Polish citizen. And then that's when he made this movie. Um, you know, so again, that was during the time when Poland was under communist rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few years prior uh, to this movie, he made another movie called On the Silver Globe. And uh, I, I'd never heard of this movie before we watched the position. I wanted to, you know, look up a couple of things on this dude because he's one of those directors that's like pretty highly regarded. Um, you know, he's he's passed away now. He's in, you know, he was, you know, pretty old when he passed away. And he made this movie called On the Silver Globe, which I watched the trailer for. It looks spectacular. It looks really, really good. It's a sci-fi movie about two astronauts that go to like another planet where there's a indigenous population and then these two astronauts basically just like fuck, like fuck everything up because they, you know, they introduce their own like ideologies and they start wars between the tribes that live there. And uh, I don't know, I guess it's a very heady movie, kind of like how this movie sort of is possession. I'm laughing because when you said, I, I didn't hear you say up. So in my head, I heard you go, these two guys go to a planet and fuck everything. Right. That'd be a way different movie. <laughs> continue that movie would be called on the silver globes (laughs) so anyway long story short is the polish uh you know communist government uh kind of got a whiff of what he was doing and they're like we don't like this it kind of seems like you're criticizing us so we're gonna stop production on your movie even though you're three-fourths of the way done with it Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess, sorry. Is and this possession or is this a silver globe? This is on the silver globe. So okay. his sci-fi epic that this guy was making, and this was, uh, 1978. So this is a few years, a couple of years before, um, the possession started filming. He had to scrap it. Uh, the government went in, they had him destroy all the sets and costumes. So there's like no way he could fucking come back and like film. That's pretty fucked up. The last bit of this, they were like, yeah, they were just, yeah, we can't have you like making this. Or you're making us look bad. Um, he did eventually like somewhat finish the movie after like this, you know, the cameraman's block fell apart, but of course he couldn't film the scenes he wanted to film. So like those scenes are just him talking like narration. So like, you know, it's like a three-hour movie. It sounds kind of like a chore, honestly, if I'm mm. being honest. But especially after watching The Possession, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. But long story short is he's like a like a embattled filmmaker in this like working in the Soviet bloc, right? Like he has to step on eggshells. And at the time of uh, him making The Possession, he was also going through his own like really messy, uh, apparently horrible divorce. Uh, and he was like depressed and he was having all kinds of, you know, problems that come along with that. And 
you know, having learned of this fact after watching the movie, it did make the movie make more sense in context because it kind of just feels like it's like his cathartic means of getting all those feelings onto the screen. Now, does that make it for a, you know, does that make it for compelling movie experience for someone that doesn't know any of that shit? Hmm. I'm going to add. So I did know, I did know that this movie, the making of this movie for him was a very cathartic experience for himself because of all the things you mentioned. And I know that, and it is essentially a movie about divorce possession right. is, but I don't get the feeling that he made this movie for anybody but himself. And if that's what he wanted, then great. But right. I don't think the movie makes very much sense at all, except for like the very overarching feeling that, you know, divorce can be awful for people. I think this is the most esoteric movie I've ever seen. And the person that understands it really is Andre Zulowski. Right. That's that's the guy that, that you know, it's it's for him, by him, airing out his demons. Now, there's some pretty crazy imagery in this. I will agree with you that for the first 50 minutes of this over two-hour movie, yeah. Yeah. this movie is just, just north of two hours. The first 50, five-zero minutes of this, uh, of this movie are not a horror movie. It's like a overly acted... And I mean, like melodrama acted soap opera uh, about these two people, uh, you know, their marriage falling apart. You have Anna played by Isabella Adjani. And then I you think, have, yeah, it's like Ed Johnny, yeah, something like that. She's yep. French. Right. She's a yeah, beautiful actress. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then you have uh, Mark played by kind of a horror staple, uh, Sam Neill. A really, really young Sam Neill. This is the youngest thing I've seen. Like, this is the youngest I've ever seen him. How old was he when he made this? When was Sam Neill born? Should we look that up quick? Let's look that up. I want to know. Because I want to guess what? Like, early 30s? Something. He, yes. Uh, I, he'd got to be. So, hold on. Let's see. So, Sam Neill was born in 1947. Ooh. So, that would have made him in his 30s. So, let's see. You said 1947? 47. So that made him 33, 33, 34. When he made four it. years old. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, he looks younger than that in this movie. He does. I mean, he's always, he's always been in really good shape though. So it's like, well, I mean, the guy is a treasure. I mean, he looks fantastic now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he looks like a, a very <laughs> distinguished uh, man that is, uh, looks a lot younger than he actually is. Right. 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 So yeah, the guy ages like fine wine. Uh, yeah. So he plays Mark. Uh, Anna is his uh, all of a sudden estranged wife because, like we we kind of mentioned in the synopsis, he's a fucking spy because he, he, he lives in West. They live in West Berlin, uh, mm-hmm. which you know for those of you that aren't familiar with that whole situation, uh, just, I mean, I look it up, I guess. But like West Berlin was this like island, quote unquote, island of freedom uh, amongst a sea of communism. That you know they had to like mm-hmm. literally had to uh, fly airplanes in to to supply that little you know, part of, of, I guess, democracy. That was uh, still, that was still separated when we were kids. Like, it's that's crazy right. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like when I left, you know, when, when my parents uh, and I left Poland, it was 1988. That was two years before the wall fell uh, in the mm. movie. Anna and Mark's apartment has a view of part of the wall. Right. Which they, they go back to quite a few times. The camera right. does. 
now that we've introduced the characters, there are other characters um, because, you know, like Mark and Anna are not getting along because Mark has been off. I, I did not get from the movie that he was a spy. I don't remember them ever making that clear, but I did know that from the description of the movie. Yeah, that's the only reason I got it is because I read it on the thing. Right. Don't make so it um, he's been away for a long time. The movie does make that clear. They have a son. Bob? Is his name Bob? <laughs> yeah, it's just Bob, which made me laugh because it's not even like Robert. You know, like you figure right. like these this this very European couple would have a you know a son called Robert or uh, yeah you know like Bartus or something. But no, it's right. just Bob. Just Bob. Uh, Anna's got a friend, Margie. Uh, Anna's uh, person that she's been sleeping with while Mark's away is called Heinrich. We're gonna get to Heinrich. I sort of love Heinrich. Uh, I fucking hate Heinrich. <laughs> Maybe for probably for the same reasons. All right. I fucking hate him so but, much. All right. So uh before now that we've introduced the characters and before we get into the movie itself, I, I found this review of this movie on IMDB. And it's an old one. It's from uh June of two thousand four by somebody named Johnny Numb. So if you're out there and you're actually listening to us, <laughs> uh <laughs> probably highly unlikely. But I wanted to read a part of his review. Because it almost like it sort of sums up this movie perfectly. All right, bring it, Johnny Gnome. He gave it a two out of ten, and he says, Isabel at Johnny begins to laugh madly in an empty subway tunnel after standing under a statue of the crucified Christ, splattering a bag of milk and eggs against a wall, wreathing around in a dance of insanity while meeting the sexual needs of a blood cake tentacled creature. Gay detectives investigate as a young Sam Neill spins around in an office chair and flicks a light switch on and off repeatedly while his wife's human suitor does Kung Fu on him during a random visit. <laughs> He's not wrong about any of that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Man, that, oh my God, so much to unpack there. I don't want to skip ahead, but here's the Lord. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get to all those things. But like Luke was saying, the first 50 minutes of this movie, to my eyes... The first 50 minutes of this movie is screaming. Uh, I would say more than 50% of the dialogue in this movie is histrionically screamed at the other characters. I mean, people are just, they're screaming so loudly at each other that their voices are cracking. I, by the way, I live in an apartment complex, so yeah. I had to close my windows and turn the volume down. <laughs> several times because I was embarrassed as to what my neighbors would think I was watching because man, uh, some of the noises that come out of the TV uh, while you're watching this movie uh, real loud. And um, I mean, if I was walking past my window, I'd be like, what the fuck is that guy watching? Anna does most of the screaming and it is believable. Like Isabella and Johnny does a fabulous job of making you feel like the torment behind her screams. But the fact is, is that every time she's on screen, she screams. So it's just like you get real tired of it. At least I did. Uh, yeah, it gets it gets pretty old. But again, she's not the only one that does. Like fucking Mark uh, does too. Same Neil does his fair share of overacting. It's so overacted. I feel bad to say it because I love Sam Neil, but it's yeah, like, man. Too. Well, here's, here's man, the thing. He's, it's, seen... like, it's so much. It's so out there for him. So I, I haven't seen the other actors before this movie. I've never seen them act in anything, but we've seen Sam Neill act in a lot of stuff. Now, granted, this is his, you know, his, as he was a younger man, but everybody is so over the fucking top in this movie. I feel like it was a, a 
you know, a, a choice by the director. Uh, and like I said, the first 50 minutes of this movie is this, uh, you know, this marriage falling apart story without a hint of horror at all. Not even a little no. bit. You're like, uh, there's nothing like that. And um, the first, I was going to, I would say the first, this, this first 50 minutes is by far my least favorite because again, it's like an overacted soap opera. And I hate to like shit on this movie already, but, but there are definitely, I have issues with it. So why not air them? Uh, and it's like about a marriage falling apart. And they have this little kid, you know, as a, as a child of divorce, uh, that's kind of like lived through this. Uh, that's not how things go. Like, <laughs> right. that's, uh, that's, that's not how people act. Uh, it's quiet and it just, it's gradually happens. And then, yeah, sure. There's some arguments here and there. Uh, but no, it just, it's not like this. It's not turned up to 11, uh, you know, delirious, wild eye fury every conversation it, it, that's at least in my experience that's not how it went well to give you a couple ideas of of like how over the top this movie is from the start uh, the movie just starts like mark shows back home and whatever you know something's wrong you meet the son and then you could tell that ann and mark are not together but then like they're not on the same page but then they're laying naked in the bed together you're like I guess they're okay, maybe. And it's like this is where I first thought soap opera because they're like they're in the bed and they're talking to each other and like somebody like he says something that's like something and then um, and then Anna says it's like oh, well I know about that too and then Sam Neil like throws his head to the side and he's like no you don't and it's just like oh my gosh yeah there's a but lot of that the, there's not even the crazy thing because then. Like the very next scene is uh, the two of them in a cafe because she's yes. gone in the morning. And that's when he finds out that she's been, you know, with this guy Heinrich. And then like they're they're like, it's almost like a negotiation. Like, how is this going to work out? And Sam <laughs> Neill, like, which goes against his character for the rest of the movie is like, yeah, well, I don't want to see Bob. Like, fuck that kid. Like, OK. Yeah. Yep. And then he starts throwing chairs at her. Yeah, yeah, he like destroys this restaurant and gets tackled to the ground by a couple of cooks, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah, everybody in this movie, specifically these two, specifically Mark and Anna, the whenever they're uh, well screaming at each other, which again is a lot, uh, always it, it, they're always using like their hands, like just excessively to just you know accentuate what they're trying to say and like overly dramatic melodramatic head movements i mean I, I really i can't stress this enough like if you've seen some soap operas from like the 90s which i have don't ask me why uh that's exactly what i thought of and then it just gets wilder from there i i wrote um sam neil rocking chair what the fuck because <laughs> he sits in this rocking chair quite a bit and just rocks back and forth while he <laughs> talks to no one in particular Dude, Sam Neill cannot sit fucking still in this entire movie. It made me fucking wild. Every time I saw him, he, every time he's sitting down, he's either rocking in a chair or he's spinning like side to side. Like he cannot sit fucking still. He's like a look, a little kid that's off his riddle end, dude. It's it's uh, it was it was something else to see. And then despite the fact that Mark has said he doesn't want to have anything to do with Bob, like Anna apparently doesn't either because she just leaves him at home for days or what seems like days. Yeah, and like Mark shows up and 
see, I don't know what's real and what's not in this movie, though. Like, I don't know what's exaggerated because right. I know that both characters and my attempt to make sense of this movie, I know both characters sort of manifest something for themselves. And I don't think either of the characters they make are actually real. Right. I think parts are, yeah, and it's tough to tell what's what. But uh, yeah, no, but this part is real. She she straight up leaves Bob fucking alone for what seems to be like a week, maybe more. So when Bob comes back to their apartment, which he just like you said, he Mark, fucking when did, Mark comes back to Bob, when, when Mark comes back to the apartment, uh, which like you said, he, he like bailed on, right? He bailed on her and he bailed yeah. on his son. Uh, it's, there's like shit everywhere. And like, literally like there's shit everywhere. There's, you know, this kid has been living on like scraps of food and Jam. yeah. And at this point is when Mark is like, okay, I'll be, I'll be the dad. And he actually kicks Anna out. And he goes, and then he goes to meet this Heinrich guy who is fucking weird. And oh I know you God. hate him and I hated him originally too. And then there's a scene later on where it's just like, like this was the scene where I came to the realization. It's like, I hate this movie. This is <laughs> hilarious though, but I hate this movie. Uh, yeah, we'll he, get to that scene in a minute. But the first one, he shows up at Heinrich's place and Heinrich lives with his mom. Right. Um, Heinrich's older than Sam Neill, like quite a bit older. Quite a bit older. He, that, that dude looks like he's in his 50s. And am I wrong? Did But did he get super touchy-feely with Mark when they first met? Oh, dude, it was like straight on like bromance immediately. But then he kicks his ass and in like a kung his... fu scene. Like Heinrich does some like high level kung fu shit. Yeah. Heinrich, by the way, can't also can't stop moving. He can't stop moving. He's like doing like almost like interpretive dance every time he's on screen. Like he just can't. That was the one. That was the one later in the movie when Heinrich comes to see Mark at his apartment. Yeah, he's fucking bouncing off the walls and up and down the stairs, and like looking up at the ceiling, talking about God, and like nothing he says makes sense. But like I saw that, I'm like, okay, I hate this movie, but that's that's pretty funny. (laughs) It was funny, and knowing what we know later, Heinrich is big into drugs, so uh, he probably was high during the entirety of this fucking film. But, um, yeah, he's just, again, he won't stop moving. By the way, the camera, which is, uh, it seems like it's mostly handheld, right? Like, throughout the entire yeah. movie, it's almost like shot mm-hmm. like documentary style. The camera doesn't stop moving either. So it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like a found footage movie, bringing it back to found footage, at, at, you know, for, like, long stretches of time. Uh, at, you know, it, just moving around these characters, like, swooping around, you know, capturing all their, again, super melodramatic movements. And yeah, Heinrich fucking just kicks Sam Neill's ass, which I was like, wait, isn't Sam Neill like a spy? Isn't he supposed to be like, I don't know. I guess not everyone's James Bond. So uh, Sam Neill, Mark, he meets Bob's teacher when dropping him off at school one day. And it's the same actress. It's Isabel Ed Johnny playing his teacher. Right. Her name is Helen. But it's not a real character, though. It's not real. She's not actually. And she's got green eyes. Yeah. But I think it's just, I think it's just Mark's like, creation of like a wholesome character somebody that he would feel like his ideal partner you think so but then like i do how think does so that, how does that explain the very end like the very last shot is her because all the characters are dead except for her and they have her like staring at the screen with her cool green eyes i think that this character is mark's creation and the the creature that we're going to get to in a little bit is anna's creation and none of neither one of them exist 
Like oh, it could okay. be. So here, here's the thing. Like the actual physical person could exist. Right. Like his teacher like, exists, right. but it doesn't look like his wife. And it's not like, like, cause there's even like a part where they make a big deal about it. Like they spend the night together, but they don't sleep together. Well, yeah. He does the laying next to her naked thing. Right. Just, so yeah. I think, I think like the actual person, like his teacher physically exists, but it doesn't look like his, like the fact that it looks like his wife is, is a creation in his mind. Gotcha. gotcha. Whereas, whereas Anna's creature doesn't exist at all. Okay. Um, I think it does, but, uh, can we talk about the, the dialogue in this movie just for a second? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go for because, it. Because it feels like, and again, I have to remind people, remind you guys that, um, you know, uh, Andre, uh, Zulavsky, he, he wrote this movie too. Like, I think he co-wrote it. I don't think it's completely written by him, but man, it's just people saying words to each other, like at each yeah. other. Not much of it makes sense. Also, I, I did, it, it does this movie is also extremely silly at points. I, I can't help but use that description. Uh, I know this is a, a very old movie, but man, it, I can't help but think about anyone that would, uh, like a contemporary viewer from today would watch this movie without like laughing a few times. But like everyone is so frank about everything, right? Like when Mark is talking to Heinrich, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he's talking about uh, Heinrich's mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. like he's talking to him. This is right before he gets his uh his ass kicked by Heinrich, and he asks him, "Is your mom here while you're fucking my wife?" And then, <laughs> yeah. And then Heinrich just looks at him. and He goes, "Of course, of course, yeah, of course she's here. Where else would she be?" I mean, <laughs> it's shit like that. I mean, it it is fucking bananas. I, I'm looking at the the IONDB like quote page right now, and like, I mean, pick your poison here, man. Like, it is uh. All kinds of stuff. Here's Heinrich to Mark again. There's nothing to fear except God, whatever that means to you, Mark. For me, God is a disease. Heinrich, that's why through a disease we can reach God. And then that scene just ends right there. Right. Like nothing, nothing, nothing is ever explained, which uh, scenes in this movie just straight up end uh, right in the middle of a weird conversation. Where It's, again, pre- it, it's pretentious film school bullshit is what it, it is. It, and again, it feels like I wrote down here, it feels like each actor had a script, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't to the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> it know? does feel like that at times. Yeah. Because it was like that. one person would say one thing and another person would say something that had nothing to do with what that other person just said. And then the movie just like goes on, like everything's like normal and cool. And you're like, wait, like I, I, the reason why it took me so long to watch this movie was I rewound so many times. I was like, wait, what? Did I fucking miss something? Oh man, I promised I'd let you know next time. Unintentional Christopher Walken makes an appearance. <laughs> you see that? We got something for you. That other person just said. I can imagine how painful this must be for you. I, I feel no remorse. What he just said? <laughs> what he just said? <laughs> <laughs> It's bad Christopher Walken, man. Bad Christopher Walken. <laughs> I ha- it's, it's popped up a few times, but I haven't called it out since last year's uh, international series when we watched The Sadness. I have a, just to explain what the fuck is happening right now, I, I have a tendency every once in a while uh, to, and I don't do it on purpose, I just all of a sudden I, I sound like bad Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> and I don't do it on purpose, I apologize. So if you ever have been listening and I 
do that. Well, I'm, hey, not doing, I'm not doing it on person. Or no, I'm you've just given you yeah. just given people something to listen for now. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. Or yeah. at least I'm used to it. And it happens all the time. And I just don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> people leaving comments like, why does the other guy sound like a stupid impersonation of Christopher Walken? <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude can we talk about the gay cops yes <laughs> let's talk about the gay cops is mark hires a private investigator to follow his wife around yes who turns Which, out that he's hey, he's you know the what person he works with is his partner yeah i was like yes i was i threw my hand up in the air at that point i'm like this is a thing that makes sense in this movie <laughs> right it's like the only thing that does at that point also, he's the worst fucking private investigator, dude. He can't like he tails her, but it's so obvious. Dude, his I wrote down here his sneak skill is like five. Well, and his partner who shows up later, because this first guy's gonna die. We're gonna we're gonna come right back to that in a second. Right. But when his partner shows up later to like find him, he's not any better. No, dude, it was like Pink Panther-esque. Like how bad he was. He was like Inspector Clouseau. Fucking like trying to hide behind, you know, like mailboxes and lampposts and making a fucking shit ton of noise. But yeah, he trails Anna to her uh, her secret pad. On a side note, I I gotta I gotta give a, give it up to Isabel Ad Johnny because I feel like a lot of the shots in this like extended like following scene are just like one long shot that doesn't cut, you know, or it cuts briefly, but it's still the same shot. Like you know, it's the continuation. Right. And dude, she flat out runs like upstairs and down cobbled streets in some very high heels. So I'm, I'm going to give it up to her, man. She was uh, she was up for this part. She uh, she did her cardio for this one. Oh, for sure. Oh, dude, cardio. And yeah, dude. The, oh, my God. In heels. And then yeah. like ended the whole thing with running up like four flights of stairs. No, she she said there's a little piece of trivia after this movie was over. She was so fucking exhausted, like physically and emotionally. She said she would not do another movie like this for at least seven to ten years. She was like, I there's agree no with fucking her. Way. Yeah, no I was exhausted way. for her watching it. Yes, yes. Okay, so the first the first cop of this pairing, and I don't know if he's a cop, private investigator. I think this his partner's an actual cop, maybe. Right. Yeah, I think the guy was a the guy he hires is a PI for sure, and I yeah. think the other dude is a cop. Yes, and he looks like Sam Raimi. He ends up back at Isabella Johnny's or Anna's apartment where she's been staying away from Mark, and it's trash. There's no furniture. It's dirty everywhere. Maybe there's a mattress on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in there again. He's like, "Uh, yeah, I just uh, I gotta check the windows. You know, things have been falling out." Yeah, because he yeah. tells her he tells her what that he's like a building inspector. Yeah, let me check the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure." And then <laughs> she does. Like, I think she gives him a chance too, because he's like, "Well, I got to check the bathroom," and she's like, "I hey, know there's no windows in there. You don't need to check the bathroom." Yeah, don't go. But in when there. he checks the bathroom, he finds something interesting in there, Luke. Yeah, he finds an eldritch horror in there, and this is where the movie like, takes a sharp turn. The wall. It's yeah. not fully formed either. It's, it's like a. It's literally like it looks like um like an oil monster from like yeah. uh Return of the Living Dead kind of, but it's just like a right just one big tentacle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And he actually re- you know reacts to it accordingly, which I wasn't sure he was going to. And then he yeah. turns around and Anna fucking stabs him in the neck with a a broken wine bottle. 
and it's and he's food now, right? I yeah, yeah. I picked up I, on that correctly. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. By the way, real quick, just again, just because I want to really want to emphasize how weird and random this movie is. Right before all this is going on, uh, Mark leaves Bob with uh, Margie, right? Which Margie is um, Anna's friend, right? Her mm-hmm. best friend or something. Yeah. Who is also really fucking weird in a movie full of really fucking weird characters. And their exchange is as follows. Uh, so he meets Marge, Margie. I'm just going to call her Marge. And then <laughs> she's like talking to him for a second. And she looks at him. He goes, give me your sweater. And he takes off his sweater. And she goes, I'll look after Bob. And then the movie, the scene just ends. Like, again, it's just, it's just so fucking weird. And a movie full of pointless things, pointless dialogue and pointless yeah. scenes. This is the most pointless character to me. I don't care about Margie. I don't, she does yeah. not serve much purpose. She gets, she dies later. Um, yeah. But, you know, who cares? Yeah, she doesn't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so like you were saying, the P.I. Uh, dead. And now his, um, his uh, well, his gay lover is looking for him. Talks to Anna. Right. But he doesn't go in her place, though, right? He does go in her place. Does he get killed right away, or does he get killed at the end? He gets killed right away. He gets killed okay, right so here. Okay, so, you know, I some of the, the details and when things happen in this movie were lost on me, because just my, my hatred of this movie started to take over at this point. <laughs> um, I... I I could while while I was watching this, I'm like, oh man, I can see why Marcus fucking didn't like this because I was getting texts from you. Well, yeah, while you were I watched it before it. you. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I had to work or whatever, and um, I was like, oh boy, I mean, maybe I'll like it. Uh, oh, dude, I gotta again, I gotta mention another weird scene. Uh, Anna goes on the subway. This is not the the subway scene, but she's got like a grocery bag full of groceries, and it's an empty subway car. But of course, she picks oh. and sits. <laughs> is this next the banana? Is this the banana? This is the banana scene. Go so for she, it. She, so she, so she could sit anywhere. She could fucking sit anywhere. It's empty. There's one like homeless-looking dude with like an open bottle sitting next to him, mm-hmm. uh, who looks super sketch. Uh, and why would you sit next to him? But that's exactly right what she next does. To him. Sits right literally next to him. right fucking next to him. So no word is spoken during this scene. He looks over at her and then looks in her bag, reaches in her bag, takes a banana, peels it, and eats it, and then that scene ends. Right. And it's just there. Yep. Yeah, that one made me laugh, too. Very funny. Well, let's talk about the subway scene that oh, I man. timed as being two and a half minutes of Isabel at Johnny screaming and throwing milk against the wall and then bleeding out of her orifices. Dude, this is something else. This also starts with a scene that made me laugh personally because it's uh, she goes to church uh, right before this. And it's a scene of her looking up at uh, Jesus, Jesus statue. Right. Yeah. So you see her from the point of view of Jesus statue because, he's you know, he's way up there. He's Jesus. And, uh, you know, and then you see her looking up. So you see him from below. And then it keeps intercutting with these between these two shots. And she just like whines. No dialogue is spoken, but she's kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, yeah. Eh, eh. And then, yeah, that's when I started timing this scene. And it goes on for two and a half minutes of just go- her doing that or screaming. Well, it's just her whining. And then the next thing, yeah, is, is she's again, she's in the subway. She's carrying another bag of groceries. 
And then uh, just all of a sudden she starts freaking out. And I'm like, well, here comes another freak out in a movie full of freak outs. And I wasn't thinking much of it. But then, man, it just gets something else going there. So, again, I told you, I lost track of the sequence of events. But when is it then that we that we end up in Anna's apartment and she's just getting railed by the tentacle creature? That's later. That's that's uh, that's near the end almost, actually. <laughs> so what happens before that? Because that's the next thing that I remember. Again, <laughs> I was I was I was consumed by hate. I was like in my head. I think this is when I texted you. I said, like, this movie is reaching David Lynch levels of hate for me. And I hate David Lynch movies. And I wrote David Lynch all over my copious notes. And uh, going back to my copious notes, and I'm not going to get real into it. But after this subway scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote, holy fuck, what the fuck? Uh, and then I wrote, this movie is an endurance test. There's still 45 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading my notes right now. Let's see. Mark tells uh, Heinrich's moms that, uh, oh, he, he tells uh, Heinrich's moms uh, Anna's new address. And he sends Heinrich over to Anna's new pad. You know, the one with the creature in it. Yeah. Uh, he sends him over there. So Heinrich goes over there and I'm like, yes, finally. (laughs) Fuck you, Heinrich, because this guy is so fucking annoying. So he goes over there and he sees the creature, but now this thing is like, it's more form and he's got eyes. By the way, the fucking special effects on this thing are outrageously good. It is and, it is good. Yeah. And it's it's by a famous Italian special effects artist called Carlo Rambaldi who has done a, a lot of stuff. I mean including like ET, uh Close Encounter of the Third Kind. I mean this guy has done like, you know, big time, big time stuff. This thing looks amazing. Uh so he sees this thing uh and then just like the other two dudes that run into the 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 creature, um Anna stabs him, but she doesn't stab him like to death she just gives him like a couple of cuts because he gets out of there yeah he gets out of there he fucking bails and he fucking gets a hold of mark on the phone he's like you gotta meet me at uh so-and-so bar and mark again got a laugh out of me because mark's like yeah yeah i'll be right there why don't you bleed for a while oh yeah is this when he's talking on the phone and flipping on and off the light switch for no reason yep yep he's just flipping it off it is like a good like two minute scene, and I was getting so annoyed. I'm like, "Can you fucking not? Can you fucking stop?" Yeah, it, it's seriously the amount of times Mark. I told you, he can't fucking sit still in chairs. He fucking just fidgets with lights, light switches. He's like a fucking little kid on AD. You know, he's got ADD, and you're just like, "Can you please?" Uh, you know, this is a little much. And uh, but anyway, some shit happens before this but ultimately this does this is again i like the second half of this movie a whole lot more than the first half he meets heinrich in this bar this dingy ass fucking bar in you know west berlin that's like lit by like two lamps so you can't see shit and heinrich is there he's so bloody and like no one bats an eye but he's like meet me in the bathroom so he meets heinrich in the bathroom and I forget what the exchange was because again, the dialogue makes no sense in this movie. But this was this blew my mind. So Mark reaches into this disgusting fucking garbage bin, and he pulls out a sneaker and he pulls out a feather. And these things were embedded in like just a big mountain of just gross mess, right? Just think of like the bathroom yeah. from Chain Spying, yeah. and you kind of got the right idea. 
So he goes into the bath, into a stall, closes the door, shoves the sneaker into the fucking toilet. So he's got his hand in the toilet and he's like fucking pounds it in there. And then he like flushes the toilet. And I'm like, what is happening? What is he doing? What is he fucking doing? And then he, so what's the feather for? I ask. And like the movie read my mind, Sam Neill looks at the feather. He's like, oh yeah, this fucking feather. He gets this feather, which was just in this disgusting fucking bin and a disgusting fucking toilet. And he puts it in his mouth and he just starts like tickling the inside of his mouth with this feather. <laughs> and at which point I was like, Ugh! and then that's exactly what Sam Neill does. And he fucking throws yeah. up into yeah. the, like the toilet, which is now overflowing because he fucking pounded that sneaker into that hole. So, and as he's throwing up, he's like, Heinrich, Heinrich, you got to come in here. I'm sick. And Heinrich, <laughs> and Heinrich is like super like indignant. He's like, but I'm so hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for this. But he comes over there, and when he enters the stall, Mark murders him. <laughs> yep. yep. He just kills him. Oh. He kills him, he kills him, he gets the top of the, the lid of the toilet off and hits him over the head and then drowns him in the fucking now overflowing toilet. And that was the end of Heinrich. And uh man, I had a good time during that scene. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. And then and then does it get cause does Mark see her getting uh, her and the tentacle creature doing it on the mattress in her place or is that somebody else yeah yeah that's mark um a few other things happen in between then but basically the next big thing is yeah he goes to i think it's their apartment because i think he he goes back to anna's like you know her little fucking you know, her fuck pad right yeah because uh, she's been her tentacle about this fuck whole pad. Movie. yeah her tentacle fuck <laughs> pad she's been talking this whole movie like i've been having sex with it all night long. And I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> and <laughs> so like Mark goes over there and he doesn't find the creature, but he does find like a refrigerator full of body parts and shit. So he like, That's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he blows up that apartment, which by the way, sets it on fire, blows it up. He runs out and there's like a crazy woman out on the street. And she's like, Fuck yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> she's like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie's madness and then like yeah he goes back to their apartment and that's where the creature is and now it's looking at a whole lot more human he's got like hair and stuff right and yeah and just 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 giving it to anna right after this is um margie gets killed right you just see her like walking down the street with yeah blood coming down her yeah, yeah. and anna sliced her throat which is because you know anna's been unhinged this whole movie so it's like yeah that tracks for her uh and then we have like so oh yeah oh then he then mark puts margie's body in this like this plastic bag or whatever because they need to like hide the evidence by the way like uh, bob is involved in all this which is like i'm like this whole time i'm like oh poor fucking bob and then he leaves bob with the teacher right he leaves bob with the teacher uh and then he goes back to the house uh which is surrounded by cops i think at this point and i i think this is margie's place actually i think you're right and and he (laughs) so he goes and like Fucking puts a gun to a taxi driver's head and he's like, I want you to drive your taxi into the back of that cop car as fast as you can. Yes. And the taxi right. driver's like, you got it, man. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Smiling. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's been waiting for that fucking, that instruction his entire life. And he does. He fucking nails this cop car. This is actually, this is like kind of a cool action scene. He fucking runs into the cop car. This dude jumps out of the, the, the taxi driver jumps out of the, the, the side of the taxi and just fucking takes off. 
But like Mark, Mark is, jumps out and gets shot like seven times in the back. Yep, he gets fucking blasted, but then he like shoots the cops too, and he blows up like all their cars with his like little pistol. And then rubs it off and starts running. Yep, he just starts running. He goes on a fucking he steals a motorcycle and fucking like takes a motorcycle downtown somewhere and he's like like mortally wounded at this point, right? Like he's gonna oh, die. Yeah. No, he should not be moving. He's right. been shot multiple times. He's bleeding so much. Yeah, he looks he would rough. not any normal person would not be walking around it. He looks real, real rough. So he like he's he's getting he's followed by the cops and he, he runs into this building and he goes up the staircase and then he looks down and like what does he see? He sees Anna and And himself. Him. Right. Yeah. And the new and, him. And the new him. Which and it's it's, it's a creatures turned into him. Yeah. Right. Like we kept saying like he was it was turning more and more human. Well that's what it was turning into. It was turning into him. But it's like a more aloof version of him, which if that's hard yeah. to believe. So like Anna runs up there and she's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can like, it's you. Thank God you're okay. And then they get fucking mowed down by the police while like the other Mark, you know, the creature Mark, like Keeps going just, up. just shrugs off the bullets. He doesn't even care. So Finds Mark, a random young girl. Right, right. Start, and, and goes, then what does he say to her? He goes, why don't you, why don't you shoot those guys down there? <laughs> <laughs> and she's, look in her face and she's like, yeah, she's sure. like, all right. <laughs> and she does. She takes the gun and starts shooting at the cops. And then, okay, this is where I was confused more so than throughout a lot of the movie, which is saying something. I think did the fake Mark throw the real Mark's body like over the side? Right, I got he, that feeling too. Right, because he ended up on the bottom of the of the yeah. you know, by the the cops, and then he escapes like, like a skylight or something. Or something. Like a skylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the feeling I got too. And we're almost there, you guys. And uh, <laughs> do you remember how this ended? I don't. Go ahead. So, next thing you see, it's Mark and Anna's old apartment. Uh, Helen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Keep yep. going. Yeah. Helen is there. So remember, Helen is... The teacher. It's the teacher who, again, is played by uh, Isabel Ajani, except with green contact lenses. Uh, you know, and Bob's there, and there's a, a ring or a knock on the door, and Bob starts freaking out, like, don't open, don't open, don't open, don't open, don't open. And it's a, it's a cool open, shot. It's a cool yeah. shot, because there's, like, it's a frosted glass, and you see Sam Neill's characters on the other side of the frosted glass, but except, you know, we know it's not Sam Neill, it's the creature. Right. So she's going towards the door, and Bob <laughs> runs upstairs. And fucking and kills himself, or kills at least himself. it looks that way. No, he kills he himself. Drowns himself in a bathtub. Yep, he straight up, this little kid just drowns himself in the bathtub, and then Helen turns around right before she's about to open the door. Uh, she turns around because she hears like bombs and jets going off outside. So like World War Three has broken out is what I'm getting from that. Uh, and then there's like a close up of her face where it's zooming in, zooming in, zooming in. You keep hearing like bombs and rockets flying through the air. And that's it. And it ends. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so give me your final thoughts on possession, Luke. <sighs> Man. Uh, I mean, we've... Uh, Used words like pretentious, uh, esoteric. Uh, it defines narrative structure. It, unlike anything I've ever seen before, probably nothing like I'll ever see again, honestly. Um, I did like, okay, it's a two-hour movie, a little over two hours. 
The second half I enjoyed more than the first by far because it does, you know, uh, lean into the horror parts of it a whole lot more. And then parts of it are very effective and parts of it are just so fucking weird and strange. And I kind of like weird and strange, but um, yeah, I can't recommend this movie um, unless you like your uh, art house horror movies extra arty and super, super weird. In which case, yeah, fucking check this out because you haven't seen anything like this before. So yeah, personally, no, I can't recommend it to anybody. I hated this movie. Uh, it's not... It, it hasn't didn't approach Outwater's level of hate. I don't think anything ever no, will. No, um, because I mean, honestly, the camera work is awesome. Yeah, uh, it looks great. Plenty of, plenty of great shots. Yeah. Um, but I, I really did not enjoy myself watching this movie. I would have, if we were not doing it for the podcast, I would have turned it off after thirty minutes and been like, "Yep, I'm done with this one." Yeah, same. I can't even say like if you're into David Lynch, you should watch this because. Like some people are like really in, maybe if you're really into David Lynch movies, like, you'll be fine. You'll like this. But if you're like, hey, yeah, I like the occasional David Lynch movie. No, don't watch it. You're not going to like it. I, I like you, man. I can't recommend this one to anyone. This was a chore for me to watch. And I will never think of this movie again after today. Yeah. You know, the movie that came to mind uh, repeatedly while I was watching this movie, uh, I watched some of it yesterday and I watched some of it today. Uh, was Eraserhead. You remember me talking about Eraserhead? Yeah. So it's like it, it's like a longer, more drawn-out version of Eraserhead, except Eraserhead was like 89 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. that was like pretty quick and to the point, arguably weirder than this movie. Uh, but uh, again, it was over before you knew it. Um, I kind of liked Eraserhead. Um, yeah, I can't say the same about Possession. I mean, I, I'm glad I watched it, I guess, because it's you know now it's done we did it we we, we watched possession uh but uh no i will never see it again Well, look, we're going to finish up our episode tonight with a quick little uh, co-op memories as we've been uh, talking about it. And we've talked about pretty much every single horror game we've ever played on this podcast. But there is one more that you reminded me of about today. Yeah, that's Fear 3. Well, unsurprisingly, remember, the third anybody part. remember those games? They haven't made yeah. one of those in a long time. No, Fear 3 pretty much killed it. I remember I, I played the first Fear. Uh, I don't remember which console it came out on i don't think i played the first two at all i think you sent me a trailer for yeah fear three and we're like we should play this and i was like yeah sure it looks fun yeah fear one was really good i never finished it because it was one of those it was a, it's a first person shooter uh but it's a horror game and i remember the first fear was actually i i, I couldn't it was too scary i couldn't <laughs> couldn't finish it it was a single player game couldn't finish it uh, couldn't get through it. It was on uh, on PC, and then Fear Two came out, and I'm like, "Well, I'm not playing that." I remember how scared I was <laughs> the first game, uh, but then Fear Three came out, and they're like, "All right, you can play the whole game cooperatively," which is pretty much how Marcus and I enjoy our games nowadays. We we watch mm -hmm. or not, we want to watch. We play games that are cooperative that we can finish, you know, from beginning to end, or we can play multiplayer on like a squad where it's just me and him. Uh, so this was kind of like a no-brainer, like, hey, horror, co-op, uh, you know, this and uh, oh, what was it, Dead Space 3. This has, like, strong Dead yes. Space 3 
uh, vibes, which we also played together, which I just remember we oh, played. Yeah. We, we, can, we can save that for another yeah. day. We'll let's remember take, that one. Too. Yeah, let's talk about Dead Space some other time. But um, yeah, so Fear Three, uh, you know, it was it was developed by Day One Studios, uh, published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Uh, this game was not well liked by the Fear Three community. In fact, people pretty much hated it. It's 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 pretty uh, pretty much hated by by all the people that love the first two Fear games. Uh, Marcus and I quite quite liked it, having not played the first two games, uh, because it had just the like the right amount of combination of of you know uh, horror and action. You could slow down time like bullet time, you know, a la Matrix. Uh, it had some jump scares. Uh, the story was super weird, it was violent, super violent. It had a like so a pregnant. Here's the thing with this one. Here's the thing around. with this one. You we could play different characters, and one character was like the guns person. The other person was like the psychic telekinesis pull people. And the game mechanic was it's like you could either work together or you could like compete against each other to get more points for yourself. Right. And I didn't remember which character I played as, but I think you remembered which one I did. Yeah, you played the 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 psychic dude that like could like possess people's bodies. I, I played like uh I played there just a regular dude that just like ran around and shot people. So whenever, um, yeah, whenever something needed to be possessed or like blown up, because you could like blow people up with your mind. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, you were you were that guy. Um, I, I played as po- Point Man is my dude's name, and then I think Paxton Fatel is the guy that you played. The next statement we're gonna make here is that this could just be this could be like what we feel about this game. And this statement right here is that when we finished the game, we did uh, we did talk about like playing it again so that we could be the different characters and then we just never did like it never was a priority right because each character uh gets to see their own um uh hallucinations because there's this like entity called alma uh who's been this little girl throughout the first two games but in this one she's uh all grown up and she's pregnant and the whole point of the game is that she i think you're trying to prevent her from having from giving birth i don't remember exactly what the story was but uh yeah, so we're like, yeah, let's play it again because then you know we'll be able to experience the other person's you know hallucinations because we you know we we were talking on the headset while we were right. playing it. I'm like, oh shit, man! Like I just saw this and I heard this, and the other person would be like, oh shit, no way! And um, yeah, we just never did it. Yeah, so like I said, I, I do remember enjoying it at the time, but it wasn't one that we yeah felt the need to go back and play again. It was fine. It was a good time. I I. Would I'll tell you what, man? If they ever remade the like the the fear games, I, I'd give those a shot. I, I would. I, oh yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. I feel like the first two are a little bit too old to play now. To you know, just because of how old those games are. But if they ever remade them, uh, I'd be right there. I would be. You know, obviously we love anything horror, so the more horror games, the better. I, I would love for them to bring back the fear franchise. <laughs> The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're coming up next, we're going to watch another Shudder original uh, made in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. And it's a, uh, a horror movie entirely shot via Zoom. Uh, called Host, Simply Host. Uh, It's 57 minutes. 
Uh, we can't wait, specifically after just having sat through uh, over two hours of, well, uh, what we just sat through. Uh, so yeah, host, next time. Later, Gators. We need to talk about this movie. I don't know if I am, man. All right, I, uh, well... I don't know if I am. I right. took so many notes that I'm probably not going to even get to. Dude, I took half a page of notes and then I stopped. I'm like, you know what? I fucking give up. I took over five pages of notes, which Holy is... Holy shit. Five far, pages of notes? Far and away the most amount of notes that I've ever taking for, taken for any movie. I was really trying hard to understand what was happening. And uh, yeah, so I was... I really was trying hard to, to hey, figure ZC it out. Hey, ZC Kroll, copious notes right here. Beat that. Yeah, this is the most copious I've ever been as far as <laughs> note-taking for this stupid fucking podcast. So, yeah, it's uh, – man, this was like effort. <laughs>